I am Emily Lyons. In 2009, without a high school degree and no money to my name, I decided to start my own business. But since then, I've built several multi-million dollar companies and I don't plan on stopping. Being a businesswoman, CEO, serial entrepreneur, survivor, and general life enthusiast, I'm endlessly jazzed by the business of life, especially the stories of extraordinary people I've had the privilege to meet along my own improbable journey to success. I don't think it's fair to keep that privilege to myself, and I think you deserve to be lifted and shifted by these people too. After all, all inspiring people are inspired people. So get ready to be inspired. This is Mind Your Business. All right. So that's funny because I've been wanting to have you on for a while and start doing this because there's just... Well, why don't you give a little background into who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Kristen and I am the director and senior matchmaker here at Lions Elite. And I've been here for like over two years now, which is wild to think about. So yeah, I absolutely love what I do. You know, we love love here and, you know, being able to connect with so many amazing clients and help them, you know, find love, but on the way, like help them be their best selves in order to attract the love that they're looking for is like what I really, really enjoy about my job. So yeah, that's basically what I do. And yeah, that's it. <laughs> I think we have one of the coolest jobs in the world of fiducing. We really do. It's so interesting. <laughs> it's interesting is like the understatement of the year. But yeah, it's just, it's wild because everybody's experience is different, right? So everybody's matchmaking experience is different. Every client needs different things. And yeah, it's definitely a roller coaster. And that's what I always tell clients, especially when they first start, you know, just hold on and enjoy the ride because there's going to be so many crazy things that are going to happen. It's funny when people ask what a matchmaker does. You know, they're like, because some people don't understand it, which is funny because matchmaking has been around since like, the beginning of time, really. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like your friends matchmaking. Everybody's matchmaking at the end of the day. And I think that... Well, I mean, for me, I think the difference is, is that, you know, with matchmaking, it's almost like each client becomes like your good friend. And so you want to help them, you know, be their best selves for dates and stuff like that. So it entails so much. It's not just about, here's this person. It's about understanding, you know, your client who becomes your friend. And, you know, helping them be their best selves, as I always like to say, to attract what they're looking for and to, you know, help them with in whatever way, whether it's like pick out an outfit or like, mm-hmm. you know, all the nuances that go along with it or like, you know, if they're getting texts, like, how do I respond to this? So there's so much to it. complicating dating's gotten. Totally. Well, it's like, you know what it is at this day and age, everybody expects so much more than I feel yeah. they did like back in the day. Like, the level of which you need to come to the table at has like dramatically increased, I feel like tenfold. So, you know, everybody is, and it might be with Instagram and everything like that, but everybody expects so much. And I feel like, you know, that combined with the fact that you can just swipe your way to a new boyfriend or girlfriend if you wanted has made it a little bit more difficult for people to connect. And I feel like that's where we kind of come in to, you know, kind of stop the swiping mentality. And actually give people a chance and, you know, kind of get rid of this whole like fantasy land of expecting so much from the other person. Yeah, there's endless matches. That's really funny because a friend of mine on the weekend, since she went on this incredible date on Saturday night and was like how amazing it was and how they connected and they talked for hours and stuff. And she's like, yeah, I can't wait to see where it goes. And then she's talking about somebody else she matched with on Sunday. I mean, you just had this incredible date and you're swiping through dating apps still matching. 
it's like this never ending, you know, what's better, what's next, yeah. instead of sort of investing in what's right in front of you. Yes. Like, it's so crazy. And then there's all these other things too, with the way that social media has gone, how that's affected dating and with texting, no longer getting on the phone and actually hearing somebody's voice and yes. behind what they're saying. So you're misconstruing it. And yeah. And I think that's a big issue. I feel like so many people don't talk over the phone now. And, you know, I had a friend once who was mad because the guy didn't send an emoji. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, what is it? And then so it just threw up the whole conversation. And I was like, why don't you pick up the phone and ask him? Or, you know, I've had other clients and friends where they've been confused about something. So I'm just like, you know, they send a text and so much context is left out of a text. So I'm like, just pick up the phone and call so you can actually, you know, understand what they meant by this. Because nine times out of 10, when, you know, I've had clients or friends do that, it's like totally not what they thought. Totally. I mean, when I think back to when I was like 14, they dated at 14. They're one of the, yeah, one of the, well, I mean, I was like 18 before I had my first boyfriend. Really? I was a late late bloomer. So I remember this boy that I liked came, walked to my house with a flower and he had a note. Oh my God. Around the flower stem that said, will you go out with me? (laughs) And we didn't write, you had home phones at that time. So you had to call and hope that person was home. But like, that was how it was. And we dated on and off for like throughout my teens. And he would come and pick me up at my first job. And when he had his first car, I remember he had flowers on the passenger side seat of the car. Yo, can we bring back these times? My right? God. <laughs> right? Now it's like we swipe and like, you know, go for a drink and then they expect whatever or they have another date planned after. <laughs> exactly. The date plan after. And I think that's where a lot of the confusion comes in with people not knowing what people are thinking because they don't know what they're thinking. It's like, does he yes. actually like me or does she actually like me? It's like, they don't even know. <laughs> and instead of asking, and the thing that's interesting too, it's like, sometimes people might actually really be into people, but they're more maybe scared of that person rejecting them. So they almost reject somebody first. Yeah. You know, or yeah, like I feel like people don't kind of understand that everybody's kind of afraid of the same thing. Everybody's afraid of rejection. And so I feel like sometimes there's missed opportunities with connections because there is that, you know, I'm going to date 10 people and uh, kind of protect myself versus invest in just one. Yes, totally. Right? Totally. So, and have the backups too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I feel like, you know, if people just get a little bit more vulnerable, and honest, you know, instead of coming to the table with like a sales pitch and, you know, the fear mechanism and maybe having something in their back pocket in terms of other dates, you know, we could actually connect with people a little bit better, you know, if we were more open to being more vulnerable. Yeah. Why are we so afraid of this rejection? I mean, I know. I think it's so interesting because I think it's just a mythical thing in our head, right? And it's, I, I used to be like that when I was a kid too. I was so afraid to fail with everything that sometimes it would cause me like even in baseball, I used to be a competitive baseball player and in practice, I would kill it. And then I would get on the, you know, the game time and I would drop the ball like all the time. It's like the fear of failure actually manifested the failure. So I don't know. I just, it's just a fear of not, you know, if we're rejected, then we're never going to be kind of loved. You know, I think that that's what it all comes down to at the end of the day. And, you know, one thing that I explained to clients and you know friends or whatever it's not about getting rejected right it's about i would say like matching frequencies you know and you could be the most juiciest peach 
out there and there's someone that just doesn't like peaches. That's not their jam. So it's just about kind of connecting the puzzle pieces together versus anybody getting rejected. Well, you know? it's because I'll match one person to one client and they'll love that person. They'll be like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I'm looking for. They're incredible. And I'll match that same person to another person if they don't work out. And they'll be like, absolutely not. Like, what do you... Yeah, exactly. So I would say it's just like, everybody's carrying like a puzzle piece and you're just kind of putting it together. Like, so I don't think there's actually rejection. And I think that if we all just really focused on ourselves and being our most true authentic selves versus caring about what other people think or caring who likes you or don't likes you, you're eventually going to attract what you're looking for and what fits with you. One of the other issues that I've seen because of online dating, I think, is that people don't invest as much as they used to in it because it's so easy and it's so accessible. And so they don't dedicate the time to it and the energy like they used to. And so a lot of the time I hear... Oh, but he or she is really busy. So we haven't been able to get together or things like that. Or they just can't see me because their schedule is just too crazy. And I actually did a TikTok video today on Lion's Leads page where I said, like, we're all busy. We make time for what's important to us. If they're not making time for you, you're not a priority and move on. Yes, absolutely. But I'd also say too, with that, I think that like dating apps and stuff have become like, you know, the pizza. You love pizza. It's amazing. But if there's pizza everywhere and, you know, everywhere to be had, it loses its luster and people don't want to, like, they're not as excited to go get the pizza, you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's kind of what dating apps has done too. It's made it so, like, okay, well, if I don't talk to this person, then I'll just talk to the next one if I feel like it, you know? There's not that sense of scarcity anymore because it's like so. The thing that's funny, it's kind of ironic because there isn't that sense of scarcity. And there's a plethora, but I feel like there's less and less connection now because of that. So it's kind of like an oxymoron. Look, there's so many options to meet people, yet people aren't really connecting because of that. And they don't connect in... I think we miss so much of how it it used to be. Like that real romance, that excitement. Yes. Yes. And have you ever watched Sex and the City with like the Zaza Zoo? I ne- you know what's so funny? I never watched... I just watched the movie. I'm one of those people that never watched it, but you can enlighten me a little. <laughs> oh, you never watched it. I didn't watch it. I guess I got to go back later, but oh my gosh, I've seen every season probably a million times over. Just incredible. Uh, it's just, yeah, all about dating men. <laughs> and it's just... Yeah, I know, right? Hilarious. But like she says, like in the one episode, she's like, the Zaza Zoo, the throwdown, the like, I can't wait to see this person, that excitement building up to it to when you have that date. But now it's like having constant access to one another. Yes. Text messages and seeing all aspects of their life through social media. There's no mystery behind it. My girlfriend wrote an essay for school a couple of years ago. I remember she was in university and she wrote something about, you know, it was all about how social media has tainted her dating life. And she said she went on a first date with this guy and he was like telling her about his life. And she's like, little does he know, I already know that. And I know that he has a cousin named Sarah and he went her away <laughs> two weeks ago and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, because she could see all of that from his Instagram page. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. So like, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, there's no mystery. There's no scarcity. And there's all these options, but almost lack of connection or investment because of that. So it's really interesting you know, times. And I even saw, I don't know what I was watching, but someone was saying that like by 2023, like 50% of women will be, you know, single between like 25 and 40 and stuff like that. So it's an interesting statistic too, because I feel like also women, you know, we're trying to progress 
so rapidly. And I feel like we're wanting men to do kind of the same. And I feel like there's a bit of a disconnect there, which also makes it hard. You know, no longer are the days where women, you know, they're just going to stay at home and have two kids necessarily and just, you know, be the happy homemaker. You know, we definitely have goals and dreams and stuff. And so I feel like, you know, times are changing, obviously, with that. And it's just getting more and more evident in dating and whatnot. You know, what's interesting though is the other day I saw this statistic where like millennials have a much lower divorce rate than baby boomers. Interesting. Yeah. So once our age group does get married and Gen Z even, they stay in it versus the baby boomers was like, I think it was like 55% divorce rate they have. Right. And ours was, I think, I can't remember exactly. But But maybe we just haven't gotten old enough to divorce yet. Maybe that's (laughs) what it is. (laughs) Give us time. time. We'll get there. (laughs) That's really interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. And I think that too, like, I don't know, I just noticed in my generation, like my friends that got married, a lot of my friends that got married in late 20s or early 30s, you know, now the divorces are starting to come up quite frequently, Mm. you know, because I think too, back then, like late 20s, like, you don't really know who you are. And I think a lot of people got married for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. They like, you know, they just were checking boxes versus mm-hmm. actually, you know, thinking, can I actually grow with this person? Are we growing in the same direction tra- trajectory? And like, do we have the same morals? Are we going to raise kids the same? What do our finances look like? You know, there's so many things that I think that people just got married because they thought it was the right thing to do versus, you know, is this a good idea for the long term to grow and, you know, create a life with this person. Mm-hmm. Are we actually compatible? Do we actually have... Yeah. Do we make each mm-hmm. other laugh? And that's a missed thing too. I feel like people aren't having... We need to have more fun in relationships. You got to keep the dating. As cliche as it sounds, you got to keep dating and having fun. And like, what's the point of life if everything's so serious and calculated, you know? I think it's missing that with a lot of marriages because again, things get mundane. You got to keep it spicy. A friend of mine, they've been married for 20 years now, which is crazy. Wow. They were saying that doing fun things. So they go on dates all the time, always have. And they never, in all the time they've been together, have farted in front of each other. Oh my God. That's the key to the success in your relationship. And that's what they're saying. Maybe because you keep the respect level there for something. Like the sex appeal. Yeah. Fair um, enough. No, that, I mean, listen, that's a solid point. You know, you kind of keep it still, you have that same respect and sex appeal that you did it from the beginning. But yeah, still maybe have- you're not going to rip one on the first date. <laughs> no, I, 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 see one. Right? I mean, hey, to each their own, right? <laughs> and I thought that was really funny. I was like, that, it kind of, yeah, it just, just putting in that effort to still be sexy to one another is kind of how I interpreted that. I told, yeah. And I think, I think that that's so important because you see that I really see a lot of people, they get married and then they have kids and they really lose themselves and who they are because, and I mean, I don't have kids, so I can't say, but I understand because like usually moms are giving everything to their children and I get that. But I think a big part of, you know, maintaining a healthy relationship and just being sane with yourself is really like making sure that you know, you're staying true to yourself, even when you are a mom, and even when you are a wife, you know, staying true to yourself, and, you know, still committing to the relationship. Um, Even though you have kids, I think that that's really, really important, too. But I can only imagine having kids and, you know, trying to balance it all. But I feel like that's where, you know, 
things become really mundane and mm-hmm. you know relationships can go astray. And doing kind things for each other. Oh my God. Yeah. The simple kind things. Little, you know, I, I bought your favorite cereal, you know, yeah. or just like I, little I, even a little sticky note in the mirror. Oh, so cute. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like all that stuff goes out the window. So yeah. like bringing those little things back. I think that that's so key too. Mm-hmm. What are some of the biggest struggles you get from some of your clients? I think that there's, you know, especially with my female clients. And I, I feel like one thing that guys do is they sometimes overpromise and underdeliver. Mm. So, you know, they might go on a couple of days so like, yeah, I'm really looking forward to our next date. We're going to do this, this, and this. And then, you know, the conversation slowly drifts off. So I feel like guys, I have like kind of this theory on guys. I call it like the moment theory where, because a lot of times girls are like, well, you know what? He told me he was really excited to see me and he was talking about the future and this, that, and the other. And I feel like guys in the moment will say that. And it probably is absolutely true. In that moment, they, you know, are into you or whatever. But the next moment is a different moment with different distractions, with different things going on. Mm -hmm. And I feel like guys, they really think moment to moment. So I call it my moment theory. So that's why things don't make sense to them. Whereas us, if we say things or do things, nine times out of 10, we're going to follow up. So if we say we're really excited to see you next time, we are really genuinely excited to see you next time. And we probably will. Whereas I feel like with guys... They say that in the moment, but again, the next moment is a different moment with different distractions or different things going on. So it can change, uh, you know, I think a little bit more quickly than us because we really think it through before we say anything in my experience. Yeah. When it comes to dating, actions always speak louder than words. Absolutely. Sometimes when guys are nervous and they don't want to say, yes, so this isn't going to work out. So they're just polite or whatever to end the date. Like, oh, love to do this again sometime. Love to go for yes. dinner. But no, actually speak louder the words. Are they actually going to put in the effort to take you out to dinner again? Yeah, and that's... But it's interesting how many guys will say that and not follow up. Or at least say, you know what? I had a really good time. Get home safe. You know, they could end it like that. Versus... But so many guys or, you know, in my experience, clients, they have... They're like, I'm so confused because we had such a good date. It was three hours long. And he said he would like to take me out for dinner, you know, next week. And then nothing happened. So I do find that guys are notorious for this. So like you said, you just have to wait and see. Like, actions speak louder than words. And like, you know, if a guy wants you, he's going to find a way to, you know, contact you. You never have to kind of question it. Yeah. I've heard that too with some clients where they have this incredible date. They really like the girl. And they say they're going to call her and whatever. And then after the fact, then they think it over and then they find issues with it and they decide they're not going to. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Well, that's the thing or commitment issues or whatever the case may be. And I say to them, yeah, if there's red flags that are non-negotiable, like they're a smoker or they're really offensive or whatever, those are absolutely reasons to not see them again. But if you're making things up, like all of a sudden you changed your mind on you know, not liking their profession or they need to be a centimeter taller or like those aren't reasons to all of a sudden change your mind and find an issue. If you get along with somebody, if they make you laugh, if you've got that spark, if you have the attraction, then you should see where it goes. Absolutely. I always tell people too, like you should get... I mean, unless there's like a hard red flag, you should at least give everybody three dates. I think that like... You know, unless you're totally there's something like you said, they're like a hardcore smoker. There's something that's a real deal breaker right on the beginning. But I feel like three dates at least, just to get to know, you know, to be sure, is I feel like that's essential. That's just what I tell my clients too. Three dates, 
Unless something, like you said, shockingly bad in the first date, fine. But you never know. People are nervous on the first date or like, you know, they're just... There could be something they were thrown off that day. So I would say three dates is good. A good solid amount to at least, you know, you've given it a go. I find that men will do a, you know, where they try to find the issue or they look for issues more so. And women are kind of the opposite where they tend to fall in love with their potential and not with who they are. And so I say that sometimes to clients is, are you falling in love with them or with their potential? Not like, oh, he's a smoker, but he could quit down the road. Like I could get totally like, no, he's a smoker. He's been a smoker for 20 years. (laughs) You're falling in love with who he is as a person. I remember too, my dad always said, just remember one thing, Kristen, like people don't change. Now, obviously there's exceptions to those rules, but people like really in relationships, they don't change. And if anything, they'll get worse at those things. Another thing that I... Someone was saying that whatever red flag you see at the beginning that you kind of ignore, usually that first red flag is what you actually end up breaking up for. Isn't that interesting? That is so, so... I was like, so true. That is so true. Another thing, like one of the biggest things that I hear from people on why they split is still money. I find that's a big one. And yeah, absolutely. Is the ones that have kind of the most success is ones that keep their finances either separate or laid out with like a prenup, which is funny because it used to be like a really taboo thing of like, no, you don't get a prenup, then you're not going to get anything. But now, it lays it out so you know what you are getting. And people don't understand yes. that when you have a prenup, you're protected on both sides. If you're going in and you're signing it, like then you're being like, then the court and you are agreeing upfront as to what you would get. So it's not like you go in and you sign away and you get nothing. No, they do it fair. Otherwise, you're leaving it up to lawyers and the yep. government right after the fact. And I wouldn't want to die without a will and just have people fight over what they get and not know. I'd want it laid out at the beginning. But lawyers are so sneaky now that they can be like, if you break up and you don't have a prenup, you can get completely screwed. So having that... Absolutely. And also, I think it avoids so many fights and so many unnecessary breakups. And because it's not like this vindictive thing of... Yeah, no, it's just to protect each side and stuff like that. And I agree. And I think you're right. Like You definitely need your own separate account and do your own separate things. And then maybe have one that's together that you build together. And then have a prenup that kind of states whatever you're coming into, you get to keep if you're bringing into that. And then whatever you build together, you split or something. So I feel like it's so important. I mean, I know a guy where he didn't have a prenup and he got married to a woman that had two children. And I guess I'm assuming that the dad wasn't in their life. And he, you know, when they got divorced, he was on the hook for spousal support and child support, which is so for two kids that weren't his. So that's an actually, I don't know if you have a prenup, if you can actually like eliminate yourself to that, but it's something that, you know, to be aware of. Yeah. So he ended up having to pay for children that weren't his, you know, and so I thought that was kind of interesting as well. So I don't know. I think prenups and understanding where everyone's head is at is, you know, kind of should be the norm these days. It's, you know, especially with women coming to the table with a lot more too. So I yeah. totally think that that helps relationships build and grow from a good place, not from a place of scarcity. Yeah. And it's also makes it not taboo to talk about these things because otherwise we get to where it just comes out in fights instead of being like totally transparent. And if somebody's not going into it wanting something, like if they're not marrying you for your money, then they shouldn't really have an issue with... Exactly. ...things and laying it out. At least that's what I think. But of course, everybody feels... And I know... I totally agree. Never sign up right now. 
I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, you might end up with nothing. You might yeah. be completely screwed because you can hide a lot of things and lawyers are sneaky and they're usually the ones that get the big payday when these happen. Yeah, no doubt. Absolutely. For sure. So one thing that is uh, still consistent is the funny relationship, love, dating sayings that we all hear. So I wanted to go through a few of them and see what you think. Okay. Always all, should men pay? Oh, this is the thing. It's like, well, I think that short answer, yes. I feel like they should pay. But I also feel like, you know, you need to, you know, guys want to know that you're appreciative of it. And so I feel like there is a certain amount of chivalry that I personally believe should be there. So, you know, on the first date, I feel like a guy should pay. But I do feel like, you know, we as women should be very appreciative of that and show it in other ways. Or, you know, maybe pay next time. I still think there is that still that gentleman quality of holding doors and, you know, paying for dinner. And, you know, we're going to show it in other ways. But I think that definitely every person's different. So, you know, for me, I would totally... I think that chivalry is amazing. And I think that it should be there. And I think guys should be really appreciated for it. And I think that we should show them that in different ways. And or take them out for dinner too. But I think there has to be, to me, a 50-50. No one can feel resentment on each side. Every side should feel respected and appreciated. And I think every you know relationship is going to be different. I know that there's some women that just do not want guys to pay for them you know, for whatever reason, but they have to explain that. And hopefully that works with that person. But I think that guys should still be chivalrous and still should pay. But women really need to appreciate and respect that. You know, it shouldn't be looked at as not right. It's 2020. You know what I mean? But I think just, you know, just kindness, like even if you took your friend out for dinner, you'd be so appreciative that, you know, you would hope they would be appreciative. So that's my two cents on it. I think, you know, guys should pay, but we should absolutely be appreciative of it. And maybe next date we pay. But I think in the wash, it should work out to 50-50, but in different ways, if that makes sense. Totally. I love that. Yeah. All right. What do you think of the third date rule? Third date rule is where both parties kind of agree without agreeing that you have to wait to sleep together until at least the third date. Okay. So I think that one of the thing with this is, is, and I kind of take this from Matthew Hussey said this brilliantly, I think, is I don't think there's a rule and there should be a rule. And, you know, if you totally vibe, you totally vibe. And if it happens, it happens. But I would say the key thing is, which he said, which I kind of agree with, if it does happen, own it and just say, hey, you know what? That was amazing. That was fun. Don't be like all weird about it in the morning if that's the case. Like just own whatever you're doing. And I think that that's the key to it. But kind of figure out when it feels right to you and go with it. But I don't think there is necessarily a hard rule at all. Mm-hmm. If you feel good about it, do it. But I would say waiting to the third date or whatnot, it's going to create some tension and some mystery, which I always think is a good idea. But hey, some people... I have friends that are married that slept together on the first date and you know it just vibed and it was all, you know, it was all good. So I don't think it's a hard rule. Yeah. But if you're going to do it, own it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Own it. You're like, I had a great time. That was great. Like, you know, own that y- it was your decision. I like that. All right. Now, what else do I want? I wanted to say, oh, yeah. Always avoid talking about exes. I would say this is a pretty good rule, at least at the beginning, because I think that, you know, I think that, that that's something that can slowly be revealed. And sometimes it can be like 
accidentally triggering to some people and you start kind of talking more than maybe you should and it can definitely scare off people. So I would always, you know, if exes do come up on, especially in the first few dates, I would just try and focus on positive aspects that came out of those relationships and, you know, leave any other stuff for later on once you've kind of like developed a relationship. And also they've earned the right to hear your story and you feel safe enough to tell them like maybe more about your exes. You just, yeah, you don't want to come off as... Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, obviously we all have pasts. We all have, you know, things that have gone on. So you don't want to hide anything. But we don't, don't want to hide anything. But I would say focus <laughs> on the positive aspects. Even if you had the worst boyfriend in the world, just say, you know what? My ex taught me exactly what yeah. I didn't want. So now I know what I do want. So I would say at the beginning, oh, frame it in a positive way. Love that. Frame it in a positive way. And then, you know, down the road, when you get a little bit more, you know, like I said, you, they've earned the right to hear your story. You feel safe with them. You feel like they kind of respect your feelings and not throw them in your face or whatever the case may be. And then you can kind of share a little bit more at that point, but not definitely not at the beginning. Keep it positive, you know, keep it light. Okay. Now this one's funny. <laughs> You'll probably remember this from back in the day, but be a lady on a date, always order a salad, never finish your plate and never bring food home. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, this is interesting. I yeah, remember once nice. we had a client who we set up with somebody and the feedback was he scraped his plate and took a doggy bag home, like scraped his plate, like, like every little. So, okay. Okay. First of all, I don't agree necessarily eat a salad. Absolutely not. You know, I do feel like it's a little tacky to take things home, but I feel like, listen, at the end of the day, you want someone that's going to like you for you. So go on the date. I mean, I wouldn't be ordering the most expensive thing on the menu, you know, in general. I say be as much as yourself. So if you don't eat salad, don't force yourself to eat salad. You don't want someone to like you because you know they think you eat salad and you're going to stay skinny. So eat what you like. Be respectful. I would say... I don't know if I would take a doggy bag home, but probably not. I mean, again, I think it all depends on the flow of the date and you know, maybe depending on the kind of people you are and whatnot. But I'd hope maybe there's drinks after the date. So I wouldn't want to be holding ah, food. True. But also... You don't want to waste. And if you have little logs like me, you can always take it home to them. This is true. Absolutely. And maybe just kind of explain that to them and be like, you know what? I want to bring this home to my dog. And that could be really cute and endearing. I think that the the rule to this is be yourself, but be respectful and kind of feel out the situation. If you're going for yeah. drinks after, maybe don't bring the food. But if you're going home, just be like, hey, I'm going to bring some to your dog. Do what's kind of true for you. It's funny because like, if you just like somebody, I feel like like if you really like somebody and you're really into them, you don't notice these things. You wouldn't yeah, I know it's true. Or you let it slide. You, yeah. like, okay, that's kind of whatever, but you let it slide. And that's fair too. If someone likes you, they're going to like you and they're going to let a lot of things slide and vice versa. So I agree. It's going. Yes. Like I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't notice if someone's, maybe I would, but I don't think so. But you know, what's really bad is back when I was in my early twenties, whenever I went on a date, I was so broke. I always took on the leftovers. So it's like, well, like the food I had. It's like, I'm yeah, no, for fair <laughs> no, fair enough. Fair enough. And I, I feel like yeah, back in the day too, I probably would have done the same thing. So I'm totally with you on that. <laughs> I'm sure I packed right. up a or two somewhere. <laughs> Do you think chivalry is dead? No, I don't. I, I really don't. And I do think that 
I mean, everybody, I think that there's just has to be an honesty about, you know, in dates, about what people like want and expect to a certain degree. Because at the end of the day, you're, you know, everybody's different. But I don't think it's dead. And I think it's a lost art that needs to come back. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, you know, the, the pendulum swings so far, right? So it goes so far one side, you know, where women have been repressed, blah, blah, blah. And then what happens is naturally kind of with the balance of life, it goes all the way to the other side where women, you know what, we pay for everything, da, 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 whatever. And so I think it has to come into a, a nice little happy medium. And I think that, I don't know, me for one, I totally appreciate chivalry. And I think that it should be still, it's not dead. It should be cultivated more and women should appreciate it. And even if they're not on that same page, because I, I do, I have had guys where they're like, they want to pay the bill and women are offended. And I feel like that, no, because the intention is he's trying to treat you well and treat you to this dinner. Like, I don't think there's any reason why you should be mad at that. And I think that we need to kind of find our happy medium with that. So no, it's not. Well, I hope it's not dead. I don't want it to be dead. But I think we just need to cultivate it a little more, you know, in 2020 terms. Yes. So I just pulled up the definition in Cambridge Dictionary and it said, very polite, honest, and kind behavior, especially by men toward women. Oh my God, I love that. Yeah, yes. more of that, all of that. Yes, times 1,000. <laughs> yes, there we go. Perfect. That's what life's all about. Exactly. And just in general, like whether it's friends, coworkers, whatever the case may be, like we should all operate from that level, I feel. Yeah, we could all be chivalrous. That's right. Everybody's chivalrous. <laughs> oh, well, I'm so glad you could come on today. And we're going to do a bunch so of fun. It really is fun. We, I'm, I feel like we could talk forever. But, totally. Uh, all right. So if you're listening, you can go, you can check out Kristen. She's also an incredible makeup artist. So her name is Kristen Saxon. I'm going to link all her details in the description box. And if you want to join Lions Elite, you can check us out at lionselite.com. I'll put that in the description as well. And if you'd love to have Kristen back on the show, Make sure you let us know and leave us a review. Thank you so much, Kristen, for coming oh on. God, this, this was, was so, so much fun. fun. It's my <laughs> first podcast. Woo! It's a good time. You rocked it. All right. Well, hopefully I can come back for more. Thousand percent. 